We're delighted you were joining us on Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Dr. Jamie Heisman. He's a nationally known psychotherapist, an expert on caregiving and addictions. And our co-host, Carol Zerdiel, Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol, you're going to kick this one off. You know, I, yes, thank you. It's it's great to be with you. And, you know, I, recently I've been getting questions related to long-term care facilities and placements, and, and they kind of run in two veins. One is um, what's changed during COVID about placement, uh, because it's different now. You've got different decisions to make than I think before we had the fear of COVID. And number two, you know, how do you emotionally prepare yourself uh, to make that decision and to survive that decision, because it's pretty traumatic for most folks, isn't it, Jamie? Oh, it is a traumatic time, and especially if we've made these sort of, how do I say it? I don't want to say empty promises, but we've told our loved one, I'll never do this. I'll never put you in a long-term care facility. Oh, no, no, you'll always be with the family. And then all of a sudden we find out clinically, therapeutically, our loved one is better served where there's a social milieu that literally serves them better than our own house where they may be falling in and in, in having accidents. So th- it is a traumatic issue because it's that episodic thing that hits us. But worse yet, it's a family member. It's a mom. It's a dad. It's a brother. It's a sister. Um, it's maybe a child. And, and so it's a part of us. It's a part of us. And over half of Americans, for what it's worth, will find themselves eventually in a skilled facility even though, of course, our, our loved ones would like to keep us with them, quote unquote. Now, they're very expensive. Well, and, and I, I was saying it, they're very expensive. It is expensive. very expensive. It is very expensive. And, and I think it hits us on a bunch uh, Yeah, it, it hits us on, on a multitude of levels. Number one, you know, how do we afford it? And, and we're spending, for some people, we're spending our own inheritance. That's the way they look at it. Um, or we're, you know, we're, we're spending money we don't have or we're spending down to poverty. So the financial piece is traumatic. And then there's um, now with COVID, when long-term care facilities became the hot spots for COVID, um, then, you know, there's all that guilt. What if I put my loved one in a facility and then they get COVID? You know, the, the difference I think here, and I agree with you, uh, these are even one more added, uh, you know, stick here, or one more brick in the wall, as Pink Floyd would say, okay, COVID now has made these places entirely different in our minds. Um, that may well be the least of our issues at this particular point. I'll tell you why that's the case, is that the accrediting bodies, the regulatory bodies, the the ACAS, the American College of you know Healthcare, whatever, and you put the dot, 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 has now looked at these places as being extraordinarily important to focus on so that what you're saying, yes, infection does not spread rampant, that, that these don't become the, the, the closets, if you will, of disease. And, and I think COVID, if nothing else, has literally talked, taught us something here. I think what's even worse, uh, and I think because it's emotional, and like you said initially, Carol, so personal, is the guilt feeling. Is that feeling is that that's the piece that never simply goes away. And then when we pick a long-term care facility for our loved one, you know, we really have to pick that place. A, number one, with our loved one, if they cognitively can handle it and be able to process it openly. But two, we have to pretend, if you will, and that we're in their place and we are them and look at this place with very, very critical eyes. Yeah, the, you know, the, the critical eyes uh, piece is really important, um, as is some of the follow-through uh, you know, after you've picked a place, after your loved one's already there, um, is staying engaged. 
keeping an eye on, you know, what's going on. And, you know, I can remember when my son was small and I put him in daycare, uh, the daycare facility, I noticed none of the children were laughing. They weren't loud. There was, there was something wrong because they weren't acting like children. And, you know, and it's the same for a long-term care facility. If you go in and the people are either not, you know, they're not happy, they're not sad, you're not seeing a lot of emotions, you're not seeing any activity, you know, you need to, that, that radar that goes off, there's something different here. You, know, you need to investigate that. You do. And, and I think exactly what you're saying is, is, is A, is the staff qualified, right? But B, just like I ask people when they go, to look for a therapist, okay? I say, look, talk to them, interview them, ask them questions, ask them difficult questions. See if you feel safe with these people. See if you laugh in your way, Carol, with these people. See if they have any humor. See if they're burned out beyond belief and they're walking dead and automatons. You know, at the end of the day, we have to do our due diligence as if we're there. If that staff's qualified, if they're fun, if they're humorous, if they get it, if they're flexible, they're not black and white. These are things that we literally have to look at as criteria, I think, as we, you know, bring our loved one along or put our loved one in a particular place as if we were going there. On Tech 10 today, we're talking about helping to find the right long-term facility for a loved one. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel, our co-host. And Dr. Jamie Heisman is with us. You're listening to Take 10. Carol? Yeah, and what you were talking about in, in terms of really looking at the staff, um, a lot of times we look at the facility. We look how pretty it is, how well decorated. And my great aunt, who is 95 and moved herself into assisted living, I went to visit her and I said, oh, my gosh, this is a beautiful facility. And she looked at me and she says, yes, it looks good. Oh, and I knew right there, you know, she already had this place pegged. <laughs> yeah, so it was fun. all it was all window dressing. So are people any different than that, right? I mean, I deal in the clinical world, right? So I just did a seminar on toxic behavior, personality disorders. There's really nothing there, right? Selfless, there's no soul, but there's an image that a person puts around them. And what you're describing, Carol, which your aunt so adeptly put, is a place that doesn't have anything there. Somewhat soulless, no identity, but boy, is it pretty. And should we be bamboozled by that? Or should we see the forest? You can't see the forest because of the trees, or should we then dive? in and be even more vigilant and more critical in our looking. Now, did your aunt stay there or did she move? Uh, she eventually moved. That was another one where she checked herself. She checked herself and she also checked herself out uh, <laughs> and moved into non-assisted living, regular housing, you know, where everybody was aghast because she wasn't going to get any help there. Right. Um, and maybe she did not last as long in that facility. She might have with more of this assisted living, but she was happier. You know, Ron, I know in Carol's family, I thought when you said that and asked that question about her aunt, I said, Hey, Ron, she's co-hosting our show today. Of course. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, because Carol's family is, is a wonderfully beautiful, resilient, resilient family. And, and I get it. But to be frank with you, if you go look at these places, I, I do believe that they're very important. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to diss them because therapeutically they may be the best place for our loved one, even better than our house for some clinical reason. But Carol's first point is so well taken programmatically. And this is where I think the caregiver SOS and having support groups and people who have gone to these places is important. But is there a caregiver program? Is there a way to keep engaged? You know, China now has a law that caregivers have to be with their loved ones. Otherwise they get put in jail, but America's not quite like that. So is there a program that brings caregivers in? That's a huge question. 
Yeah, and and just being curious, I agree with you. It's very important to state there is absolutely a role for long-term care facilities. We we need them, and, and there are a lot of people who are better off in a long-term care facility than at home. Uh, but we have to stay curious, uh, you know, about the staff, about the facility, about the food, you know, uh, all of that um, on an ongoing basis uh, because things do change too. So when you 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 found the right place, it looks good, it's got great staff. When there's a new administrator, does it change? It it, it requires engagement. It requires ongoing um, sort of curiosity uh, to make it successful. You know, Carol, I'm not going to try to toot your horn and be gratuitous here, but I do think you're woke, you're evolved, you understand things, you're connected. And so when you go into your child's daycare and feel it to be lifeless and not humorful and people are not running around the way kids should run around, it's because you kind of know yourself or you've done some work on yourself or you're more aware. So I'm saying to, I guess, to our listening audience, this is a time to take care of yourself, not just to throw your loved one in some place. I think of it, feel like, like Carol does or did with her child because that's the best barometer in the world. Hey, this ain't no fun. I'm putting my kid here. You know, if we're feeling better about ourselves, if our two feet are on the ground, if we're taking our oxygen first as a caregiver, we're going to be much more open and much more better in terms of making a proactive decision. Feel, Carol, the things you kind of felt when you brought your son to that place and be mindful of that. Dr. Jamie gets the last word. I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Dr. Jamie Heisman is with us. You've been listening to Take 10. 